I love it's all the great. fancy stuff. Hey, <laughs> to Julian, he went, he went to that fancy uh, tapas place at Cosmo once, right? With the, yes. Where they put the fucking gold yes. on all the food. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, I was like amazed. I didn't know where the fuck we were going, and we jump in a limo with you, and we end up at this place that they're throwing gold on top of my tacos. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, only in Vegas. But didn't we, didn't we go to my favorite dive bar before that? We went yeah. to Double Down. Double Down Saloon, yeah, we had some ash juice. <laughs> That's how that's that's my friend. He'll take me to the 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 divest bar in Vegas and then he's gonna take you to eat gold afterwards. I mean it's a real mixture I got going on here. I love it. I love it. And also like the food and beverage, the gambling, you know, all the stadium swim, the sports book. It's just it's focused on everything to me. That's what's supposed to be Vegas. You know, that's what Vegas is supposed to be. That's why you go to Vegas. Like, who the fuck cares that Gordon Ramsay opens a new restaurant? Like, who really cares? Okay, (laughs) And I love Gordon. But do, do you really, really care? I mean, he opens restaurants everywhere. Gosh, Michael, he's your people. He's your people. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to shit on somebody, I, you should shit on Giada. At least she's from Ital- Italy, you know? Come on. <laughs> you don't shit on your own people. No, I'm not Poor the, Gordon. <laughs> Peekaboo, you fuck you. I see you, you motherfucker. Do you want to talk, or do you want to bet? We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered water acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, pint of raw ether, two dozen in Having cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal, it's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11 where everybody gets sensitive. Thanks a lot, Finbot. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of Vegas Confessions. I am back with my beautiful host and wife, Kelly. Hi, welcome. And today we are excited. We got a special friend on the line with us. And, you know, we wanted to talk about Vegas, obviously. And, you know, we've had so many different questions on social media about is Vegas changing? Obviously, you know, with the fights and the shootings and everything that's gone on, we figure this is a perfect opportunity to talk about it. So on on this special episode, we're going to have our good friend Michael Traeger on. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Thank you for doing this phone call so early in the morning. I mean, are you? Do you have your coffee? Do you have your coffee right now, or Red Bulls already? I got because a water. I got. I did get a water to start off, but coffee will come right after. We will got to get the kids up and ready for school afterwards. But no biggie. We're looking forward to doing this. We're glad to have you on from across the pond to talk some Vegas, our favorite place in the world. Yeah, it's it's actually. I I think, you know, what's so interesting with this whole pandemic is that I'm feeling in some ways more emotional about how special Vegas is than I ever did before. I almost feel like maybe I was starting to take Vegas for granted a little bit, you well, know, and people, you know, I've heard people, other people say that, like, oh, Vegas doesn't do it for me anymore. And I never was exactly there, but I'm feeling really emotional about Vegas this year. And that's why I think doing this and doing the YouTube work recently for people to actually see Vegas because there's a lot of people in your same plate who are missing Vegas, want to go back, but won't go back, have a lot of questions like, hey, is it safe? Is it worth going to? Especially people who have to commit like you to, you know, head over from across the pond. And we decided, hey, you know, we have a family trip coming. So with that being said, we thought, you know, How's this trip going to differ? Are we going to have more precautions going in, not only to the coronavirus stuff, but also to having the family with us? So, and being that, you know, so many people had questions online about, you know, how's it changed? Is it worth going? We figured we'd chat a little bit about that and see, you know, what your thoughts are and how we take a different apo- approach if we do. Babe, do you think it is too dangerous to be in Vegas? No, I, I don't, honestly. Like, if you take a 
a step back and you're looking outside in. If you're following the same precautions you would at home, I mean, we, you know, our older, older kid, Sydney's at Georgia right now. She still goes to practice. Like, she only has one hybrid class right now, but she's in the dorms. She still does practice with her teammates. She's out that, but she is limiting. Our older son is doing football practices, and even though his classes are online, he still has some interaction outside, and you just have to make the proper choice to be as safe as you can, wash your hands quite a bit, Things like that, but I don't think it's like, oh my gosh, don't go into the casino because you're going to get the virus. I don't think it's like that. Well, and then there's the other hand of it, Michael, with, you know, everything that's gone on lately. The fights, the people getting jumped and robbed on the strip. And it seems like predominantly it's on the strip that this is happening. Yeah, I mean, I have, I think this all started from my tweet, like I think like a week ago. And I'm like, I have so many things going through my head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, touching on... You know, touching on the on the COVID stuff, you know, I believe it's really serious. I believe that you need to be extremely diligent. But I also believe that there there has to be some some balance there. And I, and I don't know the right answers here. You know, right. I mean, hey, I always like I love I want to be a Vegas expert, not an infectious disease. Yeah, expert. exactly. Right. <laughs> right. No, desire, no desire at all uh, to be, you know, an armchair, you know, physician. <laughs> but, you know, I think as I was saying to you a little bit before the program, you know, I've we've modified as a family, you know, as a couple, you know, our behaviors a lot. Yeah, that means we go out we seldom go out anymore. Mm -hmm. We do. London does have indoor dining uh, if you want it, but we've chosen that, Hey, you know what? The less that we're out, the better. We've always done grocery delivery. We are pretty much so a hundred percent grocery delivery. I've not been in a grocery store, I think since 2019. So, I mean, we we do (laughs) kind of, and I'm sort of fanatical about like organization with that. And we're foodie people who love to cook, but you know, a lot of times we do get lazy and you'd be like, Hey, I want to go out to Nando's. I just want to get a quick dinner. I don't feel like the dishes. I don't want to deal. Yeah. But we just don't do that anymore because we feel eh, probably better not to go out. And I actually admit probably slightly irrational to act like that. But that's what we do. And and we do have really good. I mean, one thing about London that's amazing is we have got killer delivery, food delivery options, like anything you could fucking dream of. Like there's yes. an Italian gelato place just delivers gelato. Like all they do is gelato. I mean, also like ladies and gentlemen, my favorite cocktail bar, they deliver cocktails. No way. Amazing. That's awesome. So you can get, so it's like, oh my God. And you can go on delivery and you'll be like, oh, I'll order my cocktails from here. I can order gelato from here. I can order this from here. We are not fucking hurting here at all. But anyway, I understand that part of that is a little bit of rational behavior. I did go to the casinos when I opened in London. Yeah. I felt really, really, really safe there. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not going to go into that too much, but I put a video on YouTube about my experience with Steve, who's my co-host on Zorkast. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my, my thing has always been, you know, is a little bit of a less is, less is more kind of person. So I've chosen that I'm going to do fewer things than I used to because just by like law of averages, I want to be in less contact with people indoors. That means I don't want to go to grocery stores and I don't want to go to Nando's. But I, I do want to choose the things that are really important to me. And something that's really important to me and being safe while it being important is going to like the opening of Circa. Yeah. So, or being in Las Vegas when it reopened. So yes, I'm taking a risk. Those are indoor spaces. I have to be diligent, but I'm not taking as many risks all throughout the day. I'm limiting my risks and I'm making choices. And I know some people might tell me I'm crazy for that. And they'd be like, you shouldn't be at any indoor spaces or places with people. But I'm I'm not willing to that do that. I'm willing to be safe. And I think realistically, you know, in in the UK, kids are going to school some people were going back to offices. They're not anymore. You have to be careful. And I'm just, I'm just as diligent, you know, with, with travel. I'm not taking extra trips that I don't need to take. I'm not going out of my way to go to stores and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's sort of how I've, uh, how I've come to terms with it in my mind. And I know some people don't agree with that, but I, I think, I, I think it's okay. And that's what I can, I can live with. And of course I'm, 
I'm crazy. I've got all my great hand lotions that are antiseptic <laughs> and I've got my face masks and I've got all of the, you know, and, I, and I've always been, honestly, I am a closet germaphobe. I've always like, in, I'm the person who goes to a restaurant. I don't, I have a huge bladder. Not that you need to know that, but I never <laughs> have to pee. I never, I never, I seldom ever have to pee, but I'm always going to the bathroom and wash my hands. Like I go to a restaurant after I've traveled on public transportation most of the time. Even before COVID, the first thing I did was go and wash my hands. I just felt like I had to wash my hands because I was on public transportation. And, you know, I was so I've always been really good about those kind of things because I thought that was really important. So, I mean, that's that's how I feel. I mean, I don't know. How do you guys do you sort of feel that way? I mean, like we have definitely altered our behavior from day to day. So we've mentioned it here before in the last couple of episodes is we've been to Vegas pretty consistently and we've been pretty safe and yeah it's one thing we've noticed like just walking around we'll keep the hand sanitizers on us um touching the chips we are very cautious when we go to eat places and open doors like we just we always have the hand sanitizer now and it's become a regular thing and even the mask like the mask people were making a big deal we just got used to them they really don't bug me i don't like have problems breathing i know every now and then people say i can't breathe with this thing on so they take it off the other part of it is is when we're outside versus inside. I usually have my mask off outside when we're walking around and stuff too, if I'm not smoking or whatever. But yes, we've been a little more, would you say, more cautious, Kel, to our approach to things, especially in Vegas, because we don't go anywhere. Right. And I don't think we've been overly cautious. We're not crazy. No. Um, you know, but I mean, definitely, like, we don't take the kids out if we don't have to. Yeah. Um, We don't you know, go to the parks yeah. right now, even because, you know, we don't really want Jackson playing on structures that other kids have had. And especially with kids, they have so many germs. Right. They're not, they're not as susceptible to getting super sick. Yeah. They can still carry it. And my, my, my nervousness lies in, Hey, Jackson could have it at any point in time and not have any symptoms. And my parents who are in their seventies right. could contract it and they could get really sick. Cause, because there's so many unknowns still. Right. You know, and we've been lucky enough to where nobody close to us has gotten it. So so let's take it into more of the Vegas side of things, Michael. So you, you got you got the trip coming up, the opening of Circa, and we, we've been contacting each other back and forth. We're making plans and stuff. We were excited about the trip. And then, you know, as I got back from my last trip a couple weeks ago, I've been watching a lot of this, you know nonsense happen the fights on the strip and all this and that is that going to take an effect to where you're planning to book your stay on the strip or any part of your trip in vegas coming up i mean not really i mean i i I look at it i think there were things going on yes for sure there's no doubt on that but there are a couple of things like first of all i'm definitely like a super diligent person uh when i'm away anywhere i i'm not gonna say i never let my guard down because that would be unrealistic but i am like an ultra fucking paranoid person (laughs) i mean about i just don't which is interesting though i think i play it off pretty well that i'm not that ultra paranoid so i do a good job hiding it Uh, but (laughs) but you know i was i uh, a friend and i were scammed really bad in vegas when i was 19 years old so that would be 1989 i was robbed at knife point and had my bike stolen when i was 11 years old (laughs) so i think like uh, you know so i'm like yeah and imagine being an 11 year old kid when someone pulls a knife on you and says i want your really nice dirt bike and you're like oh sure take it (laughs) i mean that's uh you know so i've always and i and then the other part of it is you know i've got this fondness for atlantic city and atlantic city you know the way you you're guarded in atlantic city is totally different than the way you are in Vegas and Atlantic City's gotten better over the last couple of years, but quite frankly, like on the boardwalk, walking between properties or like after you color up late at night at valleys and stuff like that. I think like one of the things I say to people, like people like, oh, I hate valet parking. I hate waiting for my car. I love going to the parking, go to a parking garage and just jump in. I'm like, yeah, but you know, parking garages are a safety issue because if you ever look at Atlantic City casinos, and the number of places that people have been robbed or jumped or beaten up or 
anything, probably murdered too, uh, that it's usually in the parking lot. You know, you I have I've heard of very few people up until South Point, I think the other day, of somebody <laughs> getting murdered at the valet. I, I was so just yes, gonna say, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had the best fucking theory here that you never got murdered at valet valet. And then this had to happen. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is true it's a very true point yeah like but but realistically you're you're very right on that i mean if you're if safety is concern um, well, so physical safety i mean your best bet is to make sure you're parking valet well so here's here's something me and michael talked about and let, let's backtrack a little bit on what you just shared michael because we talked about letting our guard down and you've talked about, you know, you take big trips, you're, you're a traveler, you like to go different places and stuff. And especially as when we're in Vegas, like we're there to have a good time. We're there to gamble, drink, cut loose a little bit. And we're probably more liable to let our guard down in Vegas. So you want to express a little more on that, on, you know, how you try not to let your guard down in Vegas? Because I thought that was a pretty interesting story you said. Well, some of the stuff, some things are, are just... Uh, just pragmatic you know one of the issues is like in relation to how much money you're carrying on you and relation to gambling too i don't want to be too drunk and i don't want to be too not aware of my circumstance if i'm really playing that night so that's something i'm very very cautious about because obviously it's easy to drop money or be robbed or something like that, especially when you're really, really drunk. So that's something that I'm very, very cautious about. I also, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, when you, I've traveled a lot, you know, throughout the world and I'm always a little bit skeptical of people. And I hate this because like, I'm one of those people that wants to believe all the time that everyone is like a nice, good Samaritan. But unfortunately I've got a little bit of that New York in me where I'm thinking (laughs) like, why is this person being too friendly or what are are they going to try to scam me? And I've been, you know, I swear I must've been scammed once in Atlantic city on something that I didn't notice or someone took some chips. I mean, definitely when I was 19 and I told you, I think I told you about the story where I stayed at Aladdin and it was the first time, first time I played Baccarat was 19 years old in 1989 in Las Vegas. And yes, the gambling age was 21. <laughs> and, uh, and I won like three or 400 at Baccarat. And I remember a friend and I wanted to take a, a taxi to, uh, we were going to Olympic Garden because of course, being the diligent Vegas person, even at 19 in 1989, before the internet, I had figured out that Olympic Garden Garden was the place that a 19-year-old wanted to go to. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, It's hard to figure out that shit back then. You know, like you had to really, I mean, we didn't have, uh, you know, remember, we didn't have cell phones, right? So that was crazy and the cab driver's like oh i've got a place to take you guys to which is like five times better than olympic garden no idea what that was really meaning but we're like okay and he took us to this like super shady strip club whatever definitely run by mafia kind of people <laughs> where we're obviously where obviously they, you know, the cab drivers were getting a kickback, you know, for everybody right. they dropped Drop off, off yeah. getting $1,500. And they just kept us there for hours and it wound up costing us hundreds of dollars, which my friend paid because it was his idea to do it, so, or most of it. And at least I'm going to say that, even if I'm like changing the story, it's so long ago, who knows? And, uh, but, you know, it was sort of like where we tried to push back and we're like, that's ridiculous. We're not paying this. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, you, you're paying. You're paying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, this is some like, you know, mobbed up place off of the, you know, which wasn't too far from the strip, right. you know. So, you know, and then, of course, you they call you a cab afterwards. You call a cab, the guy who picks you up and you're going back to your hotel and uh, you go back to your you go back to your hotel. And he's like, yeah, I see you guys got screwed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> because, like, everybody knows <laughs> And honestly, and I remember this so well, I did call the police and I wanted to try to identify the taxi, but I, I didn't, uh, I didn't remember. We didn't have cell phones then. You know, one of the things that I do now, 
this is a great tip for people. It's not such a big deal anymore when you have Uber and Lyft. But what I used to always do when I got into a taxi is copy down the medallion number or the taxi ID, the taxi company, and put it into my notebook on my phone just in case I left something or something went wrong. I always thought that was yeah. a good process. So you get yeah, into a taxi a and you copy down, like you copy down the guy's name. You know how you th- that's all visible. Right. Just put it in your notebook. No, from no devious person. But say you leave something in a taxi trying to call the taxi companies to figure out which taxi it is or if you didn't get a receipt. Obviously that, you know, it's funny that I used to do that all the time, uh, but now I don't worry about it. But I have always been, you know, I am super, I mean, never use back pockets for wallets or anything like that. Smallest fucking wallet in the world, you know, money in one pocket, smallest wallet, you know, phone. I sort of have to deal with sometimes in my back pocket. I mean, I'm like really like obsessive about that kind of thing. Like the least amount of stuff on me, I believe you should only carry two credit cards, minimal amount of ID. You know, you should basically uh, wear the tightest jeans you can. So your, uh, so your money is like, you know, so it's really hard to get into your pockets. So no loose clothing. When I see people in cargo clothing, it gets me so nervous because I feel like anyone Anyone could slip their hand into your cargo shorts and take your money. Where's, you know, actually like today, if you could do it, you know, and even fat guys like me could do it, you know, wear skinny jeans because you know what, for someone to put their hand in your fucking pocket, you're going to like, you're going to feel their hand in your pocket That's right. because the jeans so tight. You want it to be where you can barely get the money out of your pocket. Think right. about it, right? Yeah, because right. that means that someone to take money out of your front pocket is really going to have to shove their hand in there. So... Uh, <laughs> Better play with it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I I don't know. I have something I'm not sure if I should say. (laughs) Remind me later about the thing that I was going to say that I shouldn't say. Okay, okay. I will. I will. Okay, Michael. So we all love it downtown, and you're a big fan of Derek Stevens, Golden Gate, the D. Are you excited for Circa, and what are you looking forward to about it? I am beyond excited for Circa. And one of the main reasons I'm so excited for Circa is because so much of it is about the casino and the Vegas history. Okay. Right? Like the Vegas yeah. thing, the, the whole casino floor. Like so much is focused on the gambling aspect of it, or at least it seems to me. And also like the food and beverage, the gambling, you know, all the stadium swim, the sports book. It's just it's focused on everything to me. That's what's supposed to be Vegas. Yeah. You know, that's what Vegas is supposed to be. That's why you go to Vegas. Like, who the fuck cares that Gordon Ramsay opens a new restaurant? Like, who really cares? OK. <laughs> and I love Gordon. And I, I, do you really, really care? I mean, he opens restaurants everywhere. Gosh, Michael, he's your people. He's your people. <laughs> if you're going to shit on somebody, you should shit on Giada. At least she's from Italy, you know? Come on. You don't shit on your own people. No, Poor I'm Gordon. I don't see any pumpkin. Seems to be a problem here. There's no pumpkin. There's, like There's pumpkin. no pumpkin. I don't want it. You don't want it. Well, you finished it almost. Service, please. Pick up. There's no pumpkin in it. Yeah. This is like ordering risotto with no rice. Table one, VIP, yes? yes. Keith? Yes? How long? Gordon. yes? Let me just serve this table. Why is there no pumpkin in my risotto? Right. Can you get out of the way? One spaghetti, one risotto? Yes? Oh, are you gonna always gonna be that rude and interrupt when I'm trying to talk? I just want more pumpkin, that's all I want. Right, well I'll get you more pumpkin, I'll ram it right up your fucking ass. Would you like it whole or diced? I love it's all the fancy stuff. Hey, Julian, he went, he went to that fancy uh, tapas place at Cosmo once, right? With the, yes. Where they put the fucking gold yes. on all the food. Yeah, all. Well, yeah, I was like amazed. I didn't know where the fuck we were going, and we jump in a limo with you, and we end up at this place that they're throwing gold on top of my tacos. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, only in Vegas. But didn't we, didn't we go to my favorite dive bar before that? We went yeah. to Double Down. Double Down Saloon, yeah. We had some ash juice. I have all I am so <laughs> I, we have some S's. Yeah, 
<laughs> that's how that's that's my friend he'll take me to uh, the the divest bar in vegas and then he's gonna take you to eat gold afterwards i mean it's a real mixture i got going on here i love it i love yeah, it but that honestly that's one of the things that i love about vegas and yeah. i love contrast and you know that like from like pick a lily in oh, yeah. Atlantic City. oh yeah like you know so great is having the contrasts of these things right. and i don't so that's what makes life so so interesting. And hey, I love I love the gourmet dining and all that kind of stuff. But you know what makes Vegas special is the integration of the gambling and the casino, where the focus is the casino. The focus is the action and the energy. And I don't know if you get this when you walk into a casino, but my wife like makes fun of me all the time. My pace picks up a million. <laughs> Of four, like almost like I'm running, and I don't even know where the fuck I'm running. I don't know, but I. Uh, you're, the last time I saw you, you're running up an escalator. Up an escalator, it was up an escalator. Me because we hit a hard four in Atlantic City. <laughs> <laughs> and I have vivid memories of that one, Michael. Vivid. Oh man! And to all the new listeners, me and Michael Traeger, we were in Atlantic City. All of us, we had a group trip, and we needed a hard four on the craps table, and. Mike said, you know, if we hit this hard four, he's sprinting up the escalators that are next to the craps tables. And sure enough, we hit this hard four and he headed and bolted and I went right after him. Oh, there's great <laughs> video of it. Good times, huh, Michael? Yeah, no, it is wonderful. That's the thing to me. If you remove that amazingness of the integration of the casino and, and like an incredible casino... It just changes it. Like, what's great when you wake up in the morning? You wake up in the morning, you grab, you grab your you grab your coffee, you go to a video poker or a slot machine, you have a smoke and your coffee, and you're in a casino and you're wandering around, and it's just it's just such a good feeling. And it's and I feel that good feeling at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. I feel that good feeling in Atlantic City, especially with the boardwalk. Sometimes I feel it in Vegas too. Just that like morning, you know, that time when nobody's around and you're in the casino by yourself and you can wander around and look at the different machines or maybe you could just like sit down and start playing baccarat or you know it's just amazing to me and then it's different at night and then the, my favorite thing is like say you crash early and you you're really tired and you crash and you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you only just wake up and like hey i'm you're just gonna go down there. to the casino yep. floor yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, and it's just like, and I'm just going to go play craps. Like some of my favorite like crap sessions is exhausting, being exhausted, falling asleep in Atlantic City early on a night I got there on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night. And then waking up at 2.30 in the morning and going down to crap, craps game and having a pretty much so full craps table. I remember this is one. It was like three in the morning. The table is uh, the table is basically more than half full. One guy at the other end of the rail has like eighty thousand dollars in front of him. This other guy is betting like no four, no ten yeah. for like two or three thousand bucks a pop. It's like this is awesome. Like it's like <laughs> Tuesday night. Also, you know, to me, stories are so great. Oh, this story is so good. So the stories are so great, and this I swear to you happened. Uh, but the stories are so great because you're like. Who the fuck are these people at right. 3 o'clock right. in the morning yeah. on, a, on a Wednesday? At a, and there was one guy next to me, and I'm talking to him, and he's, you know, he starts talking. You know, there's always like that. I was stick left. That guy starts talking, and he says, yeah. And he's like, my girlfriend's up in the room. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah. And he's like, you know, she's tied up to the bed. I'm like, oh, okay. Shit. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> He's like, because we're into that. I mean, we're, this is weird. Like, I'm like concentrating on it. He's like telling yeah, but she likes that. I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, and she likes to stay tied up for a little while. And then I come down and I play. And I'm like, okay. So, like, you have a certain time. I'm like, trying to pay attention to the game, looking at the other players. And then I'm almost about to say to him, I don't think I did, like, well, when do you determine you go back up to untie her? <laughs> like... <laughs> You're all, man, I'm just waiting for this hard four to roll. He's all, I'm waiting for this hard eight so I can take it up to my wife who's tied up. <laughs> and she said, don't fucking come back and untie me until you parlay that hard eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's come amazing. On, my wife. She's tied up there. That's amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're definitely right about that, Michael. I mean, so many people, all walks of life, all backgrounds that you can meet that just start telling you their stories when you start playing together. And what's even nuts is he mentions the people that are playing at these denominations at the craft table. This is the only place you can see this kind of shit happen is being a gambler. So the only ones who can relate are like your gambling buddies when you sit them down and you're like, dude, check this shit out. And this Mm -hmm. happened. And they're like. Wow, that's nuts. But anybody else, like a buddy at work, they're going to look at you and like, like why yeah. is that interesting, dude? Yeah. That's just stupid. Why are you gambling at that time of the night? And you're like, yeah. why are we even friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, on to, on to other topics. So, is it is it safe to go to Vegas? Do you need to be diligent? Do you need to be on guard? But, you know, here's the thing. And let's talk about risk because we're talking about gambling. Yeah. How risky is it really? what is the chance that something bad is going to happen? And before the show, I said to you, you know, I was looking at, uh, it's called Statista. It's one of those like statistics websites. And I was looking at like the total murders in the United States in 2019, because that's (laughs) such a lovely thing. Data that includes all murders and non-negligent manslaughter. So what did I say to you? It's like bad people doing bad things. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying, wow. And I never realized this. I'm like, wow, well, California leads the nation in murders. You know, California, Texas, Florida, Illinois, you know, they're like 1,600, 1,400, 1,100, 800. And then you have to go all the way down to Nevada. And Nevada is like 143 murders. And then all the way, all the way down. If you want to be really safe, go to Vermont. You know, 11 murders. <laughs> There's like 11 people there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not. But, but, you know, I was thinking to myself, and I'm not sure how accurate. I don't know about all of their sources on here. But let's just let's just look at this in a broad stroke. Let's say let's say that, you know, California and Texas and Florida have a hell of a lot of murders, you know, and. And Nevada has very few statistically. Now, I know we could be saying that more bad people are coming in and more bad things are happening, but I don't think that there's any immense wave of this happening. I think it's more of a blip. The other thing about it that I truly believe is I believe Vegas pivots really quickly. Like, look at when now they're like searching bags and doing a lot oh, of yeah, things did you see that, that? They, yeah, they're searching everybody's bags now as you enter. There's right. metal detectors now at a lot more properties now. So, yeah, they're beefing up everything along the strip. Well, everywhere, I believe. And it's Vegas. I mean, we've, you know, in Fresno, we've had probably four four murders in the last two, three months. But it's not headlined. Right. It's not tweeted. It's not videoed. If, if something happens in Vegas, it's more so to make state or national headlines. You know, like, oh, my gosh, another another big brawl in front of Wynn or downtown, yeah. this huge fight, you know, erupts. You know, it's more likely to make those headlines just because it is Vegas. But, Michael, you made a, a, a pretty good point the last time we talked about, you know, the issues that happened at Wynn and, you know, how they probably won't happen again. Right. Yeah. No. And look, I just saw someone just posted a video not that anything, this is not, when I say something like this, it's not to mean that one thing is worse and one thing is better, but like Empire Casino in Yonkers, New York, that's about 20 minutes from Manhattan. Yeah. There was a, a major fight that somebody, you know, recorded on the casino floor there. I mean, this stuff happens in yeah. a lot of places. Right. But, but the thing is, and, and I'm not saying that there haven't been more occurrences in Vegas right now, but... Are we really looking at the data like like apples to apples with right. regard to the numbers? It, and even with that increase, is it really making it that much more dangerous? And then uh, once again, there's the whole be diligent kind of thing. I mean, I I'm going to go out on a you know I'm going to leap a little bit on saying that probably Vegas in its most dangerous is safer than walking at 2 a.m. on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. Oh, fuck so, yeah. Been there, done that, and I can confirm. <laughs> and yet, every day, people aren't posting the videos. I mean, we do have some doozies in New Jersey every right. once in a while. At the casino. So I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, you do have to be diligent, and right. you do have to be And I think there are more people, you know, I was saying to someone recently, I said, one of the effects might be, it's true, you've got fewer fly-in visitors, but also the problem is that, you know, the younger people, I could say that because I'm so old, uh, but the young, (laughs) 
but the younger people, like, you know, I used to say, like, they used to go to the clubs, get, like, totally shit-faced, and then go back to their hotel room and pass out at 5 a.m. Well, now there are no clubs to go to, right? right? So people are, like, sort of, like, wandering around. They're, like, getting their alcoholic beverages, drinking those big frozen things, wandering around the strip. Next thing you know, one guy looks at somebody's girlfriend, which would have usually happened in the club. Right. You see, and that's the thing, too, when it happened in the club, think it was like contained with all the security in the club because remember this shit's always going down but you know when it goes down inside one of the clubs they've got like you know 52 security guys who immediately you know take care of the situation whereas when it's happening outside on the strip and all of a sudden one guy looks at some someone else and someone looks at someone else and they start fighting well security isn't right there police aren't right there but whereas like in a club or in a casino they are right there, you yeah. know, because that's what they're planning for. So I don't think it's realistic to think it's not like, what are you going to do? Are you going to put like a cop on every like every <laughs> every eight feet? You're going to put another cop on the strip. I mean, it's not realistic to think you can do that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a great I, point that you make, Michael, because you're right. Like those things always happen, especially when alcohol is involved mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. things are going on, but they aren't as out on the open or out in the public as they used to be because the clubs are, you know, closed down. So that's a great point. It's always happened in the past. It's just, you know, more people, you know, and it could be because of, you know, the whole COVID thing. People have more time to watch videos and make videos that... You know, it's being highlighted a little more. And, and, And one thing that's been stressed on is, you know... I've heard from casino people. I've heard from people who, you know, just like us, Vegas enthusiasts, podcasters, YouTubers, stuff like that, that it's a different set of clientele right now because room rates are cheaper, all that kind of... And then this is something I keep hearing that's re- getting repeated. And maybe part of that's true because rates are lower and stuff like that. And people are also saying, oh, well, if they just pick that stuff back up, that'll eliminate the problem. And I don't know if that's true in a sense either. Right. I don't know either. So... Um, there's a lot to be said, but again, ultimately we wanted to do this, bring Michael on while we had a little free time this morning Mm -hmm. and chat with him. Michael, we are going to have to have you come back on so we can talk about, you know, our upcoming trip coming towards the end of the month in October for, you know, the opening of Circa. We have to talk about plans because we're already in a half hour, almost 40 minutes already. (laughs) We haven't discussed any of the trip Things looking forward to. You're a huge dice player. I'm sure you would like to play some live dice with us over at the plaza and live stream. And I do a would. Lot of- I would. I am ready for a live stream <laughs> session. I'm ready too. To- I didn't get to participate think, either. Oh, guys, we can do blackjack. We can. Yeah. We can get a table. I'm super yeah, excited it, about I mean, that. There's so much stuff we can do. I mean, Michael, I do. I want to thank you so much just for spending some time with us. Again, we will have you on over. We will line something up in the next couple of weeks to get back on here so we can chat about what our trips look like. We, for the first time, will be meeting your wife. And and so, I mean, there's a lot that's going to happen. I'm excited to meet Ellen. Yes. And we're going to be seeing the circuit together. We're going to witness what that's about. Like Michael said, he's excited about it for so many different reasons. We like the sports book stuff about it too, and the pools. But it's a twenty-one and over. Yeah, but Ellen won't let me. I, I tried to convince Ellen. I wanted to get this crazy pink tuxedo, and she told me I couldn't. So I'm, <laughs> you still I got. You still got time. You still got time. I just want to leave you with one one concept, which I think is really important for your listeners. Yeah. And I use this concept when I talk about casino stuff, like voodoo math. And we always, in my family, you would always joke about this with me, you know, and the voodoo math to me in the casino is like when you like, when you gamble a whole bunch and maybe you have big losses, but you get a whole bunch of comps and you're like, well, I got the room free and I got the food yeah. and I got that. Well, how much you lose? It's like a voodoo math. It's like, yeah, but you, you know, you're risking this much. There's a lot of voodoo math with, with risk. And what I tell people a lot of times is I think you really do need to look at this kind of stuff. Like, look how risky, like how many people are getting injured, getting murdered, how dangerous a city is truly, you know, and and just try to try to look at look at that stuff yourself and just look at some of the data yourself and step away from the mainstream media. And this is like in relation to like how safe New York is, how safe Cairo is, all that kind of thing. You know, I mean, I think. And, and yes, 
we maybe do some voodoo math when I look at that, but also sometimes that voodoo math is good for you to say, hey, you know, there are a hell of a lot more murders in California than there are in Nevada. So, you know, maybe I need to be looking at it in the big picture and in in perspective, you know, and maybe that's just, a, I'm not saying what's right or what's wrong, but I'm encouraging people to maybe look at the statistics and the data to make themselves feel a little bit more comfortable than just looking at the viral videos. That's a great point, Michael. And, you know, to add to that, you know, you're, you've got to look at it from all your points of view. Like if it's um, has to do with getting the virus, you know, I personally have been twice one one day. One time we were there for like six days. The other day, the other time we were there for four, came back safely both times. In my in my personal opinion, both times I went, I'm, I'm always diligent like you. I, you know, keep my purse close to me. I keep, I keep an eye on my surroundings. I'm not a huge drinker, so I'm not never like blatantly drunk and just wandering all over the place. But I feel like because of the virus, there's so many less people. I felt safer. You know, I didn't feel yeah. like lost in the crowd. And, you know, there's too many people and like, you know, just, you know, walking amongst millions of people, you know, at the same time. Like, we, I usually feel in Vegas, especially well, at and, night. And there's something to be said about being in the casinos. That, that's, for me, honestly, that feels... I feel safer in the casino if I'm drunk and I have $1,000 in my back pocket. Because you know and, there's cameras everywhere. Well, yeah, the cameras, but there's security right. around. Versus being outside wandering on the strip, you know, in a little group or whatever, running into random people. I feel safer in the casino. So, I mean, there's that too. I don't know. And I feel like, I really feel like maybe one casino was not, you know, as safe as it could be. Oh, but yeah. as far as temperature checks, K, keep your mask on, you know, Santa hand sanitizing, they were taking the extra measures. So I felt safe there as well. Yeah. So when I took it all into perspective, I don't feel less safe the, the two times I went to Vegas at all, you know? And so I take that all into perspective and you do like any other place in that you go, you got to watch your surroundings, especially when we're going to take our kids at the end yes, of the month. Yes, that's just, you know, that's the big part. I, yeah. I think more so than getting the virus, like human trafficking is such a huge deal. Like I'm going to have my six-year-old, you know, not on a leash, but very close to a leash. Like he's yeah. not going to leave my side because people are snatching up kids faster than anything. So that's going to be my biggest concern. And also scrutiny. The casinos are under a lot of scrutiny. Gaming is watching them. They can be fined, and casinos have been fined for noncompliance with COVID things, as far as far as I know. And also, I mean, and yes, maybe I have a bias because I love casinos, but I also believe that casinos are more apt to correct the problems. Yes. You know, and yeah. win is a great win is the best. They're a great example. But the minute they notice that there are some problems and that people are bringing in more things into the hotel that may Maybe they shouldn't be, or maybe there are more weapons, or maybe they got tipped off to it. Boom, they do something. Should they have done something two months ago and predicted it? I don't know. Hard to say. But you know what? There, there's a problem, and they've taken an action. That's right. And most casinos are very good about that. And, and you know, all we could do is move forward. It's not like right. they're ignoring the situation. So I think that's a really big point. And, that, and you we know, can't foresee people. things that happen like that that ha- happen to them. That you can't foresee things well, like that. Perf- you just try to protect yourself as best as possible. As, a, as and, and like a he said, they're 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 making the changes along right. the way. And this is something we've discussed here. We had Jan- Jonathan Jocelyn when we talked to him about you know making the changes, and he's like, it's been a learning curve. You know, we right. just have to go about you know ha- roll with it. So again, everybody's making the changes. It's about the place is making the adjustments to make you feel safe, which would make you want to go back. So ultimately, that's why we wanted to come on. We wanted to have Mike on. And if you can't tell, Michael is not worried about, you know, any of the craziness going on in Vegas or COVID. We're all pretty cautious here. So we wanted to do something in the effect of, you know, talking about Las Vegas and is it worth going? Is it worth canceling your trip? Absolutely not. If you're looking forward to having fun and wearing a mask, whoop de doo that's probably the downfall right now is wearing a mask. The bars are opening back up. The They are now allowing up to 250 people gathering, so that's starting to come back into effect. And If you're a show person, a right. pool person, or a club person, yeah, you're going to want to wait a few more months yeah. until those open up. Yeah. Um, other if than that's that, your if main you, reason if for you, going, yeah. If you want to gamble, if you want to see but the sights, those are good. Yes, yes. yeah. yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, a lot of it, you know, just to close out, like last year, I took a great trip with John Morris uh, to Cairo. Yeah. And I had that been to Cairo a lot of years. And I was I was avoiding going to Cairo 
because of safety concerns, which I mostly thought were irrational, but I was doing it anyway. And I had a great time, visited a bunch of casinos in Cairo. But yeah, you know what? When you travel, sometimes when you travel to places, you realize how scary it is. Yeah. You know, when you go to the, any any major hotel in Cairo, you know, you basically get stopped before the car or the taxi can pull you in. They search, you know, the vehicle. And then every single hotel lobby, casino lobby, everywhere you go is airport style metal detectors. And, wow. you know, and it is it is unnerving sometimes. Yeah. And that does make me really nervous. Uh, but you know, it's like, it's a balance on this kind of stuff. You know, it's really, it's really a balance. And, and I guess, and then at the end of the day, when I started to look at it and I thought, you know what, Egypt really isn't <laughs> that dangerous to go to, but we all get things in our head, but you know, you have to do what you're comfortable with. Nobody should do anything that they're not comfortable with, but, but it is important to look at all the perspectives. And I think, and I think we're trying to do that. And I, and I totally respect people's opinions on wanting to possibly be what they consider more safe than me or more safe than you. Right. But I mean, we all, we all take chances, you yeah. know, and going to the grocery store, is it taking a chance? And I don't go to a grocery store. So, I mean, that's, it's the way life is. Well, and you you mentioned something that's pretty key, and everybody's different, especially with the approach to COVID, which, you know, we've, we're looking forward to getting group get-togethers in the future and hanging out at certain places, and now that we're checking out a bunch of new places, we're looking at, you know, having uh, group get-togethers at certain spots. So, you know, once that all comes back to in effect and everybody starts feeling safer about everything because everybody is different when it comes to, you know, this COVID thing, which is understandable, so... Again, that's why we wanted to take this approach. Not a lot of YouTube channels or people are even talking about, you know, the seriousness of what's going on in Vegas. And even with what's going on, we're still willing on taking our family. We're going to have a good time. It may change things a little, you know, a little bit as far as our plans and how we're going to uh, take our approach to this trip, time on the strip and whatnot during uh, the day and what that looks like. We haven't decided. So we'll talk about that in the future. But again... We just wanted to chat about this with Michael. Again, it's pretty serious. He's going from across the pond to get to Vegas, so he's obviously not worried about it either. And like we said, we're taking the family, and we don't seem like that's too big of an issue. There's still fun to be had, and yeah, we've been talking to the kids about it for a couple you're months, and they're looking and forward to it. And you know your safety standards. You know, it's, it's just like going out when you're at home. Yeah. Yeah, no, you have to. It's, it's, it's exactly what you have to do. But this has been, this has been a great chat about that, and I hope... I hope people see the perspective. And right. honestly, you know, once I get my hand around it and I sort of look at all of the data and look at things and maybe do my own voodoo math, which I agree, <laughs> you know, then I can start then I can start worrying about our priorities is like, is Julian going to parlay a hard eight? Because like, <laughs> <laughs> I really want. And Michael, he won't tell you at the craps table that I'm tied up upstairs because I'm playing craps right by yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah. She's not that exciting. <laughs> no, <yet>. not happening. <laughs> I, I, I'm down at the tables. Down at the tables. <laughs> so before we head out, Michael, before we let people know where they can find you and your work. Sure. You can find me at Travelzork, uh, the Travelzork website, uh, Travelzork on Twitter, and also the Travelzork Zorkcast Facebook group. And of course, uh, Zorkcast is the Travelzork podcast, along with my amazing co-host. I'll say that again, my amazing co-host, <laughs> Steve. And I do, we appreciate uh, so we- we do appreciate we the shout out in the last episode, buddy. That was awesome. With Jonathan Jossel, he, had his, he gave us a shout out. That was pretty nice. <laughs> no, that was awesome. Well, thank you again, guys. And I just can't wait for this trip. It's going to be... Us too. I, I'm yeah. so excited to see you. Oh, God. This is going to be so much fun. So, we are going to have some good stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I know we're going to be putting a lot of videos together. I know some of the places you like to eat, so uh-huh. we're going to be doing a lot of, I already know we're going to be doing a lot of traveling around Vegas, plus his wife's in town, so yeah. that's going to be even more fun. So, again, Michael, we're going to have to have you on, and we'll record something in the next week or so about our trip pe- preparations, what we look forward to doing, and we'll have to plan some content out, because I know we already got some ideas and share some of that stuff. Nice. Oh, good, and I some ideas with you like I was trying to think of like uh, I was reading about like 
some of the places Frank Sinatra ate and like what he had for dinner and like trying to replicate some of that kind of stuff, like having like a dinner the way Frank Sinatra would have oh, it shit. or something. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. okay. And we have our buddy Saul. He's, so, he's coming in with like some local spots. He lives in Vegas and he's like, hey, I want to take you guys to some local spots. So, Michael, you're more than welcome to join us. And we're going to go check out some local uh, local Vegas eateries as well. Nice. Uh, that sounds that sounds wonderful. Well, thanks so much. This is oh my god, it's so exciting. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm like, such boring shit to do this afternoon. But all I want to do is stay back and like work on my Vegas trip. But that's what's so great about this, right? Right. Working on a Vegas trip because it's not just the Vegas trip; it's the planning yeah. of the Vegas trip yeah. that is huge. Like it, like makes you so happy and so excited, it and then you that have adrenaline going. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Awesome. Well, yeah. brother, we appreciate the it. time. We will have you back on soon to chat some more Vegas and what our trips look like uh, for the opening of Circa. We have our friends out for Rocktober. There's going to be so much going on that week, and we are there for a whole freaking week. How Woo! exciting! <laughs> Until next time, Michael. We will talk to you soon. The listeners, if you guys are enjoying this, do us a favor, share this on your social media, follow us on YouTube, check out all the new videos, get a hold of us on our email, and we will see you in the next one. Cheers. Cheers. I said, you know I like to eat 11 days a week. Wings and pizza, stuff that crust with extra cheese. Yeah, we feasting on some wings and pizza. I'm so hungry, I can't stop. Bring that wings and pizza. Give me all the ranch you got for that wings and pizza. Pizza Hut is a piece of art. Extra large, click, add to cart. Eat Parmesan right off the plate. Red pepper flakes got me sweating hard. Wings so hot, making me cry. Dabba the Reaper, I wanna die. Lemon and pepper, all of my fries. I paid in cash, my car was declined. Bake that bunt, washing it rise. Bigger the cake, the bigger the thighs. I'm gonna bounce these big Mac buns. Right in the back of my yard I'ma scream for ice cream Out in public, make a scene I got cookbooks, but I don't read Better believe I know yeah. how to eat Combo, copy it, pepperoni topping it Better say John when you say who to pop it Whole 12 piece with ranch, need a lot of it Driver got a 50, change, you gotta pocket it Pick up the phone, trying to be cooking Slice in each hand, you know how I'm looking Probably had dinner plans in your brain Put them in my mind up for I came Now I've been waiting all day For these wings and pizza Put the pots and pans away For these wings and pizza Pizza. Want no lobster, want no steak, I want wings and pizza Out the box, don't need the plate for my wings and pizza Listen, I'm a double dipper, a finger licker I keep it all down cause I ain't a quitter Don't need a steak and shake, I need a prime rib with some king crab and a big old pig Give me the buckies, call it a date, give me some fudge in a barbecue plate I made a career, I'm smearing some cake, all over my titties, nah they ain't fake Sauce on my lips, licking it slow, I need a bag, take it to go And if there's blue cheese instead of ranch, I swear I'm cutting your throat This sushi is Spicy wasabi, I'm asking the waiter for more edamame They hook it up, cause food is my hobby Lardy's the name, or that's what they call me Thick bitch, definite, appetite evident Buffalo smelling it, drive out my resident Lemon pepper loot, wings got me settling Sauce on the side for the crust, I'm a veteran Grab two plates, I'm not a diva Got a big box, no little Caesar Domino star, they ain't need us Till I call a hut, now they call it cheetah Have a movie night with my team Don't rock designer, but I'm all supreme Teriyaki all on the wings Super sweet, we the same thing, huh yeah, we feasting on some wings and pizza I'm so hungry, I can't stop Bring that wings and pizza Give me all the ranch you got For that wings and pizza Don't need a pot, got a box Of some wings and pizza Give me all the ranch you got All my wings and pizza I'm eating wop, wop, wop That's on wings and pizza Pepperoni, extra sauce Got my wings and pizza Let's go That's on wings and pizza.